one, that's annoying as shit. <laughs> Two, don't touch the skull. Leave the skull alone. That is not good for podcasting. Dude. It's, so... it's good for ASMR. See, listen, listen. Ah, uh, yeah. Who who doesn't want what sounds like creatures at my door? Okay, seriously. I, I get the Is joke. everyone else feeling relaxed? The joke has landed, but I need you to stop forever. Thank you. Are you done now? Mm, probably not. No. <laughs> we'll probably bring that back up later in the episode. Uh, well, uh, Zool has peed in the studio, so I guess this is hers now, and uh, she's going to do the podcast from now on, so I had to clean that up. That was fun. Um, but okay. today... Oh, what? And now she's sleeping on the job. Thank God. Uh, today we're doing Bram Stokers or Bram Stokers. I don't know, however you want to say it. It's like aunt and aunt. I, I say Bram Stokers or Bram... I don't know. How, what Bram. Bra, Bram Stokers Dracula. That's the movie we're doing today, that hot dumpster garbage movie. But it uh, is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And uh, I have two canker sores in my mouth right now, so that's fun. Makes it really easy to talk. It's a yeah, good time. So yeah. you're going to do a lot of the reviewing because I, I don't I don't have it in me. Don't worry. I got lots of thoughts and feelings. Oh, so do I. But uh, this is episode 130. I am your host, Austin Proctor. That is your other host, Gabrielle Proctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we get into the movie, there's plenty of things we have to discuss. One, I need to slow down because I already am talking at rocket speed here. Two, drop your phone. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I would like to talk about Scream uh, because you get first dibs on that since it's one of your favorite franchises, if not all-time franchise in horror. And it, then there's it is uh, my favorite franchise, yes, of all genres. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. What did you think my favorite was? I have no idea, but there's more than just horror movies, obviously. So I wasn't sure if that was specific. Oh, you mean of all franchise? Okay, so I guess, yeah, that'd be my favorite horror franchise. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not your all-time overall favorite franchise. It can't be. What's my favorite franchise? <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. It's your franchise. Let's figure that out on another episode. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. Um... So yeah, let's uh, let's let's get into Scream. No no spoilers, obvi- or we can go full spoiler. The killer is no, I'm kidding. Why that would ruin it. So no, today you're, we you're... should not spoil it because it it was too good. I'm not disagreeing with you, but you know we could say you know fast forward five minutes and uh, go into full spoilies. But no, fine, whatever. I can't, I can't hear anything anymore. You can't hear anything. No. How, what do you mean? Like I can't hear inside uh, oh. my headphones. I, I, it's on. I don't know. Okay. Hello. You're literally on, so I have no uh, idea. I can't hear me. I think that's what it is. Why are you always fidgeting with the settings? Because you are super. Because you're super loud. I'm trying to adjust it. You're usually very quiet, and today you're like screaming in my ear. So I'm trying to like. Oh, whatever. Um. Okay, so we're gonna continue with what we're doing. I mean, yeah. There can we you... go. That sounds better. It doesn't make. Well... Is that yeah. better? Yes. Now I can hear better. You made me turn it down, and then now you're like, okay, you're... <laughs> well, you had it blasted before. I didn't mean turn it off. That's different. <laughs> you're... Just talk about the fucking movie. Okay, so. Shit. Scream, also known as Scream 5. Um, it's a really good movie. It, you know, you get your, you get the old cast back. The new cast was pretty fun. Um, they definitely continue the long scream tradition of making fun of themselves and making fun of the genre in general. Um, while also, uh, poking fun at some of the newer genres. And, um, actually saw someone today point out that, um, 
it very much vibes with uh, toxic fandom and like they kind of make fun of how crazy fans can be and like just how overly um, invested in projects and like you could just enjoy it instead of taking it so weirdly seriously. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really good. We were laughing the whole time. Um great violence i'm, I'm gonna say that was the goriest scream because there's been gore in scream but they lingered on the gore in this one lingered on the gore yeah like they held the shots longer like okay so think about oh hey, the stab through the neck that's a great that's a great example of going past what i thought you would yeah so like um beginning of the original scream for instance when casey is hung up in the tree they kind of zoom in on it but it was too violent at the time, so they had to like do this um, film technique where they took out some of the frames to make it look um, more uh, disjointed and they wouldn't focus on it so hard. This film, however, yeah, when they killed somebody, they held on to it. You saw them dying. And um, yeah, I think it was definitely the most violent of them. Violent, very bloody. Yeah, the, it was the gory. The stab for sure. through the neck where the knife came out the other side was ridiculous. That was pretty gross. That was ridiculous. Uh, there's also one very just crazy out of nowhere kill that you know, everyone's talking and it's just like killed. You're like, holy shit. Like, I think all of us jumped and we're like, what the fuck was that? We all just like held our faces like, holy shit. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the whole elevated horror discussion that they had at the. I guess that was kind of like after Dewey got involved in the story, right? When they're all in the in the home. That was so fucking funny. And I don't think it was meant to be funny. It was. Well, but like you and Spencer looked at me like, what's so funny? I'm like, they're talking about elevated horror and just dropping all these names like Hereditary, The Witch, and then uh, Midsommar, I think they dropped. And there was just so many name drops. And, and like just the conversation itself was, it was hysterical. I thought it was great um, just because there are I, I see that in horror groups all the time where the snobby people are talking about elevated horror. And if you can't understand it, then, you know, you're not intelligent enough. And I'm like, OK, well, that's rude as fuck. But I just thought that whole camaraderie between them was perfection because that is literally something I see. And uh, yeah, very funny. Very funny. Like, I didn't think it would be that funny. Dewey was definitely the funniest part of that entire movie. Yeah. He had all the best lines, in my opinion. Uh, and even Gail. And uh, Sydney had some good lines as well. But uh, Sydney did not hit Gail. Uh, sad. Because she has hit her in the first two. First three. First, I thought it was first two and then four for some reason. But whatever. No, it's first used, three. It's kind of a running thing where, you know. You can't befriend somebody after so many. The first <laughs> few times, it's like uh, they kind of have a love-hate relationship. But by the fourth one, it's like you've known each other for well over a decade. You can't keep punching her in the face. Yeah. As funny um, as it is for the rest of us. It's hilarious, yeah. But I think they did a fantastic job. The same people who did Ready or Not, and I think we mentioned this before, but yeah, they they go by Radio Silence. They did the Scream franchise very much justice. I feel Wes would be extremely proud of what they did. And um, yeah, it was just a, it's a perfect example of like a, a requel. You know what I mean? And yep. that, that whole requel conversation that they had too was hilarious as well, how everything comes back around to the original um so and it's there's so many fucking red herrings oh my god you have yeah. the obvious red herring then you have one that you think is the person but you know it's it's very it's like the most scream movie i think i've ever seen and it's fun because <laughs> they they even poke fun at themselves for having so many red herrings because red herrings is a big part of scream that and being um, so meta 
Yeah, and they continue to just go, yeah, we know what kind of movie we're making and we're going to do it exactly like this and we're going to tell you we're doing it while we're doing it so you know we fucking know. Yeah, because I think uh, I think they were on stab eight in this movie and they're just like, this movie's just getting ridiculous. It's it's not even like the original. And like you got the ghost face running around with like double wielding fucking machetes in that. <laughs> Which <laughs> is funny fuck? because uh, before this came out, this had the trailer for this had come out after Terrifier 2 and everybody was losing their shit saying that Ghostface uh, Scream was ripping off the Terrifier 2 trailer with the flamethrower thing at the same angle and everything and then it later turned and then when you see the movie it turns out that's a trailer for Stab 8 and they're just making fun of stuff so the irony is like and then you've got fans getting really upset and really stressed out and really worked up without even really knowing what's going on and just like you kind of just lent yourself to the movie by getting so up in arms without having actual context. Well, yeah, because they released like a screenshot of Ghostface with a flamethrower. So you thought that that would be because it it also because the 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 one that was using it in the movie was the saw well, you know was the uh, Ghostface with like the cut off sleeves, and it, from the picture it looks like Ghostface was going to use a flamethrower. So I got why they were upset because of what you just said. But yeah, then you find out it's just part of like you know, stab eight and you're like, okay, well now I'm not mad anymore. That's actually kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. And it actually funnier that people got so upset about it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I agreed with that. I was like, yeah, that is kind of fucked up. But now, yeah, now after the fact, I'm like, with yeah. context, it's just funny. Yeah. With context now, it's just kind of funny. So, uh, yeah, we got to watch that in Dolby. That was a fantastic Dolby experience. Uh, highly recommend that 10 out of 10. Um, that's obviously going to show up later in the year. Well, I mean, that was a really good opening this year. For horror movies. I know last year was St. Maud, and that was also a strong start. We watched that back in February of 2021. But uh, we're already off to a solid start with horror movies, and I'm very excited to see how the rest of the year plays out because I did not... I didn't know... I didn't really know what to expect going into this. You know what I mean? It was either going to be a movie that did extremely well, or it was going to be one that fell victim to, you know, being the fifth movie in a series and it not and it being kind of like on the fence, but this did so well. And Scream continues to prove that it is a solid franchise and it's their self-awareness that really carries them through. They stick to their they they honestly stick so closely to their formula and they are so self-aware of that that it's hard to go wrong. It's not which ironically they do also talk about in the film. Yeah. It's not like other franchises like Nightmare on Elm Street, where they just went off the rails at some point, and your guys are like, "What? What happened? What was what was wrong with being like? Oh, we came back to life and just started killing more kids. No, they had to get more and more complicated and skew more and more from the formula, and you're like, it doesn't work. And um, Scream just proves like we're staying where we are, and it works. Well, they have such a strict like formula. It's like every movie is like so formulaic, but somehow they manage to throw you off the scent of who the killer is every fucking time. Every time I've watched a Scream movie, I'm like, oh shit. I mean, like, I kind of saw that coming, but I didn't because I didn't want it to be that, but it ended up ended up being that killer. You know what I mean? Like, the first one is, like, so obvious. And they even do a callback to the second movie. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right, they do. Which was, I was so happy about. Um, but yeah, they, they do a great job. Jesus, Sydney's even talking about how ridiculously formulaic the events of the film are as they're happening. She's like, oh, this is typical. It is literally the most meta movie I've ever watched. Like, just when you think Scream can't get any more meta or be more self-aware, 
Do you watch this one? Yep. Yeah. I'm like we sure, we sure can. And it's funny too because yeah, I'd say this is probably the most consistent. Uh, besides Saw, but I know me and Spencer are are pretty much alone in that. So I'd say Scream is probably the most widely accepted, um, consistent, because really the only one that's not that great is three. You know, one, two, four, and this one now are all solid fucking movies. But three, you know, it's, it's a little still not bad. It's well, that's what I'm saying. It's that it's not bad. It's just not like I feel like it's not on par with the other four. But yeah, it's not bad in any way. I think I gave that one a three. Like, it's still good. It's just a little silly. But uh, certainly way above some other sequels and other franchises. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's just funny that, yeah, Scream is extremely consistent and they don't stray away from their formula and they manage to keep you on your toes and for every to movie. And they keep their original cast which is hard to do because yeah. <laughs> most of them would have tapped out by now. And they're like, nah, we like doing nah, this. This is fun. Hell, you have a divorced couple who met on the film and later got divorced. Oh. And they're still like so um, Courtney, of... Courtney Cox. And um, why can't I think of his name now? I almost said Jake Gyllenhaal. And that's it's not, not that's Jake not Gyllenhaal. right at all. Come on. You got this. Just tell me because it makes me crazy when I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. See, <laughs> David Arquette. <laughs> da- David Arquette. The two of them met God. on screen got married, got divorced, and they're still like, nah, this is our franchise. We're coming back. And they're like still on really good terms and continue to do the films together. And that's actually really unusual because most people are like, nah, we we were married. I'm not going near you. Well, that's uh, I can same thing that happens in Dexter. You know, Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter met on Dexter, I believe, got married and then later divorced, but still kept doing the season. So, yeah, that is extremely rare to happen in cinema, TV and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that whole scene between them in the movie, you could tell there was some definite emotion, like real emotion behind that, that whole scene they had when they yeah. met at the crime scene. Oh my God. Oh, and be prepared. Uh, and that one, they don't hold back from, uh, killing people. So just get your tissues. God damn it. I knew I shouldn't have put that trash can there. Just get your tissues ready. Bring those to the theater. Um, but yeah, I solid movie. Can't say yep. my rating on it because it's going to come. What do you need? Garage band. What do you need? Well, maybe we should get over to the movie because we've been talking about this for one for 15 minutes. Well, we didn't, we didn't start talking until about like five minutes in. But yeah, um, so definitely go see Scream. That is out now in theaters. And if it's in Dolby, go see it in your local Dolby theater. Um, I just want to mention some movies that came in the mail recently, and then we'll move on to the movie, if that's cool. Fine, but brief discussions on those movies. You drag that out. Well, you know, we do have some more time to fill with. We have to know. talk about this movie, and I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Among uh, amidst all of this stuff that came in, here are four highlights I wanted to mention. Um, I got Troll Hunter, which we reviewed on this podcast for five dollars. That was an amazing find. If you haven't seen this, this is a great found footage, either Swedish or uh, Norwegian. I can't remember. I believe it's Swedish. Great found footage movie. Uh, I got The Sacrament, which is a Thai West movie. Uh, Eli Roth also presents this movie. Uh, another found footage movie, and uh, it's got the guy, I can't remember his name, but it's that guy from um, Your Next, and he's also yes. been in uh, The Signal. Um, he's a really great actor. Uh, I don't know what your name is, dude. I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, The Sacrament is another, it's almost, uh, it, it's. Uh, I think it's loosely based on Jim Jones and the whole massacre, Jonestown massacre. Uh, wow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's loosely based on that. It's very, very good. Uh, I, I love watching this one. Um, I got Titan. Which is a film by the lady who did Raw 
And I didn't get to see this last year when it was in theaters, so I just pre-ordered the Blu-ray and it came in a couple days ago. So this is something I'd like to watch with you. We should probably double feature Raw and this because you've never seen Raw and that movie is crazy. Okay. Do you want to see this or can I watch this with Spencer or what? Go go for it. With the, Spencer? The cover seems like a lot. Fine, whatever. I'm missing out. And then last but certainly not least, we have Vesteron Collector's Edition or Collector's Series, Candyman Day of the Dead. Um, this is the third one. And uh, I know this one's not great. I've seen the reviews. But I mean, Tony Todd is still in it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I got to at least give it a try. I've seen the first one, the original, obviously, and the sequel, Candyman Fa uh, Farewell to the Flesh, which is also on its way here. That one was actually a pretty solid sequel. It takes place in New Orleans, and it's like a really, like, it's obviously not as good as the original, but it's super fun. So, uh, and also this art on this is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty It's good. pretty solid. So I got to check that out at some point. But those are some movies I got recently. Oh, God, and I'm going to throw them at you that I'm excited to check out. And I guess I'll watch Titanium with Spencer. Whatever. Fine. Cool. Glad we settled that. Yeah. Whatever, dude. All right. Let's go to the movie, like I said, doing Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, this is from 1992, released on November 13th in the United States. This is rated R for severe sex and nudity, severe violence and gore. Severe, frightening, and intense intensive scenes, mild profanity, and mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Did they do drugs in this? What drugs were they doing? Morphine. The doctor really? was doing morphine. Oh, shit. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Forgot about that. This has a runtime of two hours and eight minutes, and you feel every second of this, this movie. Oh, boy. Listed as a drama, fantasy, horror, romance. We should also just put uh, maybe porno in there as well. Because this movie is so fucking horny. Just really like tit heavy too. Just like Howard the Duck that we watched recently for the first time. First of all, Dumpster Fire. Uh, also, it's such a horny movie. We've been watching extremely like horny movies lately. Accidentally. And Don't then we'll know. be watching the movie and we're like, why is this movie so <laughs> why is horny? So horny? Uh, this is directed by a man named Francis Ford Coppola. You, you don't know him. You probably have no idea who he is. He only he did these movies called The Godfather. I don't I don't know. Never you heard know, of it. Never heard of those. Uh, obviously, we're kidding. That's sarcasm. <laughs> and uh, good God, I mean this cast. If it's got one good thing, it's got a good cast. I'll give it that because we have. Gary Oldman is Dracula. Uh, I mean, what what hasn't this guy been in? He's usually a guy that you don't even recognize like this movie because he's got makeup on or he's got some sort of crazy hair going. But you probably know him as Gordon from the, the Nolan Batman movies. That's probably the safest bet for people to pick him out in. Uh, but yeah, he's a fantastic actor. And then we have Winona Ryder as Mina Murray slash Elisabetta. Probably said that terribly. Um, Elizabeth. She was in Heather's as Veronica. Girl interrupted as Susanna. But all you youngins probably know her from Stranger Things as Joyce Byers. She's also been in a shit ton of movies. Oh no, I know. I just tried to pick you know the main ones. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you probably if you haven't heard of those two movies in Stranger Things as uh, Will's mom. Then we have Anthony Hopkins as Professor Abraham Van Helsing, probably most or sorry most notably as Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. But, I mean, he's done, like, 140 other fucking things. So, he's been acting, too. Then we have Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker, yet another person you've probably never heard of. Um, you know, he did this thing called The Matrix, and he was a, he was Neo in that. I don't know. Um, then we have Richard E. Grant as Dr. Jack Seward, Seward, however you say that. 
Uh, I did not recognize his name or face, but he has like also 140 fucking credits. Uh, you might know him from Gosford Park as George? Question um, mark. I would know. You might also. I mean, Little in, Vampires. Yeah, but... he was the dad in Little Vampires. He's one of those guys <laughs> who's also just in so many random things. Yeah, he is in a whole bunch of random shit that I, and like I said, did not recognize face or name, but he he been acting. That's for sure. And uh, last but most certainly not least, we have Carrie Yules as Lord Arthur Holmwood. I first was introduced to him and saw. I know that's probably not how anybody was introduced to him. Uh, but you probably know him from Robin Hood, Man in Tights as Robin Hood or Princess Bride as Wesley. Or, again, the other things he's done. He's been in Liar Liar. You know, I mean, he's been in... He's all, been in Psych. Yeah, he's been in a whole bunch of shit. So, I mean, and I could have kept going with this. I, I cut it off here because there's still so many other people I could have mentioned. But I was like, six is enough. So, you've got a, a very star-studded cast in this. And... Um, one of them, his heart was not in it. We'll get to that. Uh, this had an estimated budget of $40 million and a worldwide box office gross of $215.9 million. This movie actually saved uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, production company or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read that in trivia. I didn't put it in there because I wanted to mention it here. But, um, yeah, that'll do it. That'll definitely save a production company. That's like $175 million in profit. So good for you. Uh, this movie was filmed at Universal Stru uh, Studios California, Culver City, California, Sony Pictures in California, and the St. Sophia Greek Orthodox Cathedral in Los Angeles from October 14th, 1991 through January 31st, 1992. You can watch this on Netflix. Wait, that's not right. That's not right. I think I misspoke. Stand by, because we watched it no, on... No, you can watch it on Netflix. Is it on... Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I uh, we watched it on the uh, 4K that I had for some reason. I don't know. Let me just double check for sure. I don't want to give you false information. Yes, Netflix, where you can rent it on Amazon and rent it on Vudu. But I go with the free option on Amazon. So, like I said, we watched the 4K. Movies that came out... Okay, listen to these movies that came out around the same time. I mean, holy shit. We have The Mighty Ducks, Reservoir Dogs, The Original Candyman, Dr. Giggles, Aladdin, again, original Aladdin, uh, Malcolm X, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, A Few Good Men, and The Muppets Christmas Carol. Imagine being alive at this time when you can, like, you know, I was obviously alive, but I wasn't going to the movies, and having to pick from all of those movies, how do you decide what to see? Go. Muppet Christmas Carol. Ah, I knew you were going to say that. Jeez. But yeah, that's a, a whole lot of fucking amazing movies to come out around that time. I thought that was impressive. I was like two, so I probably wouldn't have seen any of them. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So I, I did you have a specific horror moment, ma'am? No. Really? No, I really didn't. Okay. I had uh, wherever it went. That's not it. Where's fucking goddamn podcast? There we go. All right. So my specific horror moment was wherever it went. Oh, yeah. When um, one of the characters, I will just say when Lucy dies, all the blood that just spurts from every corner of the room into the air. Completely unnecessary, but fucking awesome. I guess um, you could say when she uh, climbs back into her crypt and they did it as a reverse shot. That was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. that's. Yeah. A, I didn't put that in the trivia because I knew you'd mention it. And there you go. Uh, do we have a uh, favorite kill? There really wasn't enough kills for that. You don't have one? No. Lucy's beheading. That was fucking metal, dude. That was so metal. That was her second death, too. 
Um, do we have a favorite? I didn't have a favorite line. There was not um, really anything that was mentionable or funny. So <laughs> I, uh, I did like the line that he said, um, but it's it's not really funny or anything. I just like the I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Apparently, that's what uh, sold Gary Oldman on doing the film is so he could say that line to somebody. Yeah, I read that. too. But I, I do like the line. That's a good line. Uh, my favorite character, Van Helsing, uh, Anthony Hopkins, is pretty much due to the fact of him being Anthony Hopkins and he killed it. Yeah, he was too um, chaotic for me, especially That's when he starts like <laughs> humping Quincy um, in a sarcastic motion. Was it was a lot. Well, he to, and to me, he had the strongest performance because everyone kind of felt like they were phoning it in and kind of had really terrible accents. <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins kind of already, you know, he already has the British accent. I think he put a little uh, finesse on it or something to sound a little different. Well, but he was being German, so there's well, that. Well, uh, that did not sound German. Oh, geez. But whatever. I mean, he he had the strongest performance for me. Um, Lee's favorite. Or no, your favorite character. Sorry. Um, It's Quincy. Uh, But it's kind of Quincy and Arthur because you got to think about this. There's three guys who want to marry Lucy. She picks Arthur. But Arthur. Quincy still sticks around the whole time to be a supportive friend, to be there to help her. And he has, he literally isn't even from the same town. He's from America and he still sticks around to be there for all of those people who he honestly should not actually know that well, but he just sticks around to be a good guy and him and Arthur just being buddies despite being rivals. Hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, I would have also said um, Jack, but uh, you get one, not three lady. It's it's the the buddy system, but um, Jack buddy. is kind of weird with his morphine addiction. So it's really just Quincy and Arthur, but mostly Quincy. Mostly Q. Okay. Uh, least favorite character of mine was who the fuck? Oh, Lucy. She was annoying and kind of a whore, if I'm being honest. Kind of was getting around. That's sexist. <laughs> That's not sexist. They also wrote her to be way hornier than she is. Okay, sorry, sorry. Let me re- let me reel that back. Okay, maybe not like a whore, but she was like she was fucking. She, she was all talk. Uh, but she did fuck the yes but she was under his thrall so keep in mind most of the time when that happens they're not in control they are being lured okay well she was making out with a lot of fucking guys and trying to make out with like one person in front of her fiance and you're just like dude yeah reel it in worst you can say is she was a tease because she was all talk fine i'll recant that she's just a tease whatever i didn't like her she was annoying yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think that was it. Yeah, that was really. It. Well, besides your, well, besides your least favorite, I'm trying to. Yeah, I have these in a different order. Least favorite character. Everyone else. Everyone else didn't like anybody else. Oh my god. Okay, That's come like, on. Uh, wow. Jonathan's non-existent. Mina is like seriously pick a pick Fucking a road pri- and go pri- down. Yeah, it. priorities, dude. Fucking Dracula make your mind up. Is well, we all know what he is. Um, Van Helsing is very manic. Yeah. Jack's a jug addict. Rainfield is nutter butters. Like Lucy, we already discussed that. <laughs> all right. That's fair. I'm okay with that. Uh, Frankly, yeah. The only person who wasn't working off self-interest was Quincy because even Arthur, you know, he's interested in saving his would-be bride. Yeah, that's true. Quincy's literally just there as a friend. And you're like, like, hi, I'm a friend. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's see here. So a brief, brief description here. We have 
the centuries-old vampire Count Dracula comes to England to seduce his barrister Jonathan Harker's fiance Mina Muri and inflict havoc in the foreign land. Bum bum Mina bum. Murray. That's what I said. Mina Murray. You said Miri. Me. Whatever. Fucking whatever. Um, and in case you don't know, a barrister is a is a lawyer. Oh, thank you for dropping that knowledge. Not everybody knows that. I didn't know. I only know that because of uh, a fish called Wanda. Well, now you know. Yeah. Well, now is. everyone knows. It's a lawyer. Um, it's, things happen in a weird order. Just so start I, from I 1462. Do... Oh, crap. I got to start, start from, from there. Start from 1462, man. <laughs> okay, so Dracula is human wearing the dumbest armor of all time. You it's supposed to look <laughs> so cool, but like it looks so impractical and also looks like it's made of plastic. What did I say it looked like? I can't, I can't you said it looked like... Um, <laughs> what the fuck did I... It looked, it looked like someone like like peeled stripes into a beat. And oh, that's yeah, it. like you, it's supposed to look like muscle and tendons, like but beads. it just looks like red plastic armor. It's so bad. So he's going to fight a war with the Turks and um, his lady love, Elizabeth, who is played by Winona Ryder, because um, why wouldn't she be? Uh, is so sad he's leaving. He is going and fighting in the war. He is gone for a long time. And then in the meantime, apparently a bunch of rogue Turks felt like being real dicks and they go to his house, his castle, shoot an arrow through a window with a note that says he's dead. Apparently Elizabeth is not entirely clear on war tactics um, or that lies exist because she just yeets herself out a window and into the river. Um, that was my, I think my favorite part of the whole movie was just, ah! Because she's not even, she's not even like flail falling. It's clearly like they have her pretending like she's falling. Her hair's not even going in the right direction. And then they're like blowing wind in her face and just recording her in motion. Um, because they use that scene several times. You get a lot of, lot of shots of that exact scene several times over. Hmm. Um, so she bites it and uh, she's laying. And remember, she's killed herself in the river um she is shown dry laying in a pool of her own blood but not really bloody there's like a little dribble of blood coming out of that's her mouth. it yeah that's all um, she had and again completely dry um laying on the steps in the part in the cathedral not the cathedral the, the, the church the part church of the, uh, the, the castle um and you know Dracula comes back and he is like, okay, well, I guess we'll be together in heaven. And a priest who um, is played by Anthony Hopkins, but has no further relevance than they just decided to put him in there. Yeah, he's um, unlike in there. Winona Ryder, who's there's a reason <laughs> she's playing that character. Anthony Hopkins, they're like, fuck it. We don't need to hire two people. Well, we, we were looking and we both said, what the fuck? That's Anthony Hopkins. And I'm like, isn't he later in the movie? What the fuck? Exactly. Doesn't so, make any sense. Um, he the the priest basically says that she will not be admitted into heaven because suicide is a mortal sin. Seems like bullshit, but whatever. And uh, that's how it works, though. If you're Catholic, yeah, yeah, or um, just Christian in general. Not that's Catholic. Well, uh, fine, whatever. Dracula loses his shit, starts smashing everything, jams a sword into a comically large stone cross that starts bleeding profusely. He curses God, drinks the blood out of this 
blood-filled stone cross, and um, then he's immortal. Yeah. Then you're just like, but, I am immortal. That would have like, been a perfect song to play right then. I have inside me blood of kings. Do you not know that song? No. So oh anyway. Um, I don't know who you are anymore. Moving on. Um, so that was bizarre and unnecessary. But then we skip forward. We're in London where um, Jonathan Harker is working as a barrister. And he is replacing a, another barrister who has come back to London um, a little less sane um, and a little more into eating bugs. Um, that's Renfield, who won't stop talking about his master and is very cryptic. But um, Jonathan has been given the task to go to Transylvania, um, meet the Count, and get him to finish signing his documents because he's buying up like 10 different properties around London, um, which I will explain why later. Cause they don't really address it in the book. I mean, in the movie they do in the book. Um, so he talks to his lady love Mina, who is, um, and quick second, it should be noted that Jonathan is played by Keanu Reeves, who I don't think has even heard an English accent, but had one described to him and just went off that. Because, yikes, he should never do that kind of accent again. It's probably why he never did it again. Probably. This is the only other movie besides, oh shit, what's the the one where he was an asshole? Uh, the Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Whatever that one was. OMG, yeah. I can't remember. We reviewed it. Yeah, I know. Whatever. That's This is like the only other movie that I'm just not a fan of him in. Yeah, but that one was more because he was an asshole and I didn't. Well, and no, it no, was no. believable and I didn't like it. No, I know. It's, that was a completely yeah. different thing. This was but... more of his acting. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I love Keanu Reeves any other time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he did terrible with that. But he goes to his, um, his fiance, Mina, and he's like, okay, we're going to get married after I come back. I shouldn't be gone very long. Um, I just got to get this guy to sign papers. And um, and Mina is running around with her BFF, Lucy, who has the mouth of a sailor hooker, but is, in fact, still very, like, chaste. She just likes to talk and say dirty things and um, basically just uh, antagonize Mina for fun by saying things that will make her blush. Um, and so... Jonathan goes, so we're going to focus on what Jonathan's doing, and then we'll get back to London, because I think that's going to be a little less confusing for everybody. Um, Jonathan goes to Transylvania. It's already real sketch when he gets there. He gets out of one of those, so back in the day, they would take carriages as a group. It would be like a a, a ride share cat, uh, like, um, carriage like situation. Like an Uber pool? Pretty much. Uh, that's how you travel back in the day. You don't have the money for your own coach. Uh, there are just coaches that Pulling go by yep. and you can uh, all share, um, pay for your seat. Um, and he gets out and this gypsy girl gives him a, um, a cross, says some weird cryptic stuff to him. And then another old lady gypsy woman slams the door in his face. So he's waiting at these crossroads. Um, for his next ride where uh, the Count's carriage shows up and he kind of, he doesn't really get into the carriage so much as float into it, which was weird. Yeah, the hand kind of comes out and like guides him in and it's just like he was on like a little mini escalator just zipping up 
I'm now, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like 75% certain that if I remember correctly, the guy running the carriage, the coach was actually Dracula. Mm. I mean, Um, mean, probably. Yeah. Cause uh, in the book, he's like, he plays several different people. He goes by many different names. It's really annoying and hard to keep track of. He's kind of also a man, a man whore as well. He's kind of getting around as well. Dracula? Yeah. You're eternal. Who? Do, what do you care? I know. It's just funny because he's so after Mina, but he's like, I'm going to try to have sex with Lucy and you and you. And you're just like, all right. And we'll get to why like, later. Why is um, everyone so fucking horny in this movie? Yeah, they really like the uh, horniness was subtext in the book and they decided to just make it text in the movie. Um, Literally subtitles. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonathan goes to the castle, meets up with the count who is hella old and has hair that can only be described as boobs in the front and butt in the back. So essentially in 1800 or was 1800s, right? Yeah. Uh, 1800s equivalent of a mullet. Yeah, it was was funky. It was super serious up front. And then he turned around and had like this nine foot rat tail that was braided and just like, wow, that is a lot. And do these two buns that were in fact butt shaped. (laughs) It's like, it's like Leia, but like horribly wrong. Yeah. Horribly wrong. Yeah. So, um, they're there. He's like, okay, we'll go have you sign these papers. Um, but first let's have dinner. Um, Jonathan's eating, the count's not, and he says some shit that you know he thought was real fucking funny when he was like, I don't drink wine. Like, yeah, ah, you're ah, ah, the ah, height of humor. Jesus. Ah, um, so and Jonathan's funny. just like, all right, whatever. And um, so they go to sign the papers for all these uh, properties and why there's 10 and... Um, you know, he doesn't really explain why, but Jonathan kind of asks and he kind of brushes it off. And um, while they're signing papers, the Count's shadow is moving around the room out of sync with the Count. And this was a decision by the director because he said that, you know, physics don't really apply around vampires. Things are just weird. So he decided to do this. Now, he did that practically, though, because there's a, a screen that's screen printed to look like a wall and someone who's moving around to create the shadows behind it, which was actually really clever. Um, clever or lazy by, by saying nothing makes sense. Cause he's a vampire. No, I think he just wanted the movie to be spookier and didn't quite know how to do that. Oh, okay. That's fair. Um, because he makes movies like the Godfather. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, so there we go. Um, while he's signing papers, um, and they're talking, um, the Count accidentally spills some ink on what is a tiny picture of Mina, who, again, looks like the Count's lady love from 400 years ago, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And um, he starts staring at her, and Jonathan's like, oh, you found a picture of Mina. I thought I lost that picture. You're like, the, the picture that was sitting next to the papers you were signing on a desk with like 10 total items on Did it. Did you lose it in the last five minutes? I'm like, soaking. Or like the last five seconds. It's literally been sitting next to your hand. What? Yeah. Hello. Um, and the count gets really weird about the picture, a little too interested. And Jonathan's like, that's bizarre. Um, but the count's like, you should stay with me for a month. Um, and Jonathan's like, Oh, do you want me to? And he's like, yeah, I want you to. So he does. And in the meantime, he experiences weird things. Like the count gets really weird about mirrors. Um, yells at him a few times about the, uh, 
the nobility of the Draculia line, and um, which seemed a little heavy, but sure, and swings the sword around some, and then tells Jonathan not to go snooping around the house. So Jonathan goes snooping around the house. I mean, yeah, you're just asking for it at that point. Don't tell me not to do this. I'm going where to he do finds it. a room uh, with some vials where the liquid drips upward, and you got to imagine that's a bitch to clean. Um, and the biggest bed in existence. Oh my god! It's essentially a floor that's been made into a bed where the three horniest women on the planet Holy emerge. Shit, yeah, you, you probably, if you know anything about Dracula, you know it's his brides, um, who are all topless, and um, immediately start in on Jonathan, who again is like, man, you're engaged, but like also they're vampires, and you get the whole vampire thrall thing. Sometimes you can't control that. Uh, Especially when there's three of them. I feel like that would be... And they're being forceful. You kind of just have to let it happen at that point. I mean... And they're topless in a period where, like, showing your wrist would be like, whoa. Yeah. Saucy. (laughs) Um, So, now we're just making excuses for the one man who... uh... I'm not... not I'm not not trying to... (laughs) So, uh, they're starting to feed on him. Um and Dracula puts a, the kibosh on that one. He's like, no, he's mine. And you're like, pardon? The um, way he flies in on that fucking platform, though, just like, Zhoo. that was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, he's they're like, so what? We're just going to starve? And he's like, no, nah, ladies, I got you a baby to eat. Yeah, that was pretty upsetting. Which shockingly is really upsetting for Jonathan. And um, then pretty much Jonathan's kind of just stuck there till he makes it back to uh, Tilly tries to escape and make it back to England. So we're not going to hear about Jonathan for a good, what, hour later in the plot? Because he kind I of mean, pops up for like two minutes and then he's gone till he, till yeah, he escapes. He is in probably like the first 20 or so minutes and then, yeah, or maybe 30 minutes. And then there's probably an hour where he's intermittently in there. And then he eventually kind of comes back around after he escapes. So, yeah, his part is odd. Oh, and he has been explaining that um, there are... Uh, During his escape, he explains that there are gypsy men who will do the Count's bidding and they have been putting a bunch of dirt from the basement of the castle into a bunch of boxes. And he he was considering using this as a way to escape. I've got a box of dirt. Jesus. You You knew it was coming. And in the meantime, we go back to England where... Lucy's still trying to pick a husband and Mina is freaking out because she has now received a note from Jonathan that seems really cold and um, short. And he's basically like, I'm staying with the count for a month. BRB. Like fucking see, see you in a month, probably maybe. Finger guns. Know. Like she's like, this is weird and cold and not like him. And Lucy's like, ah, he's probably busy. Um, and speaking of busy, I have picked my husband. Yeah. Um, and she chooses to marry Lord Arthur. Lord Arthur Holmwood. Yeah. And, uh, then she and Mina have an, or she and Lucy, Mina and Lucy have an extremely bizarre, uh, romp through the hedge maze. It's extremely unclear what's going on in Lucy's backyard at her house. Um, because there's like a swamp and a hedge maze and an extremely large um, crypt. Um, 
And yeah, so they go through, it starts raining and then they start running around in the, in the rain together and then making out a little. And this is all, this is all coinciding with when the boat that is bringing Dracula and his 15 boxes of dirt, um, lands in England and it's really funny because they're like this is London London with a great big cliffside oh yeah um you as know. we all know that London totally has yeah with a big ass house on mm. it um so yeah that that night uh Lucy is being called to by something and um into the garden she goes and Mina goes to follow her because uh, she's like, where did you go? What is happening? Where did you go? And um, Lucy's wearing what could only be described as 90s lingerie in a in a period film. Because she's wearing this big, this huge red, doesn't lace up the front, corset. Um, Lucy, you said, or Mina? Lucy. Lucy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mina is wearing purple. She's She's wearing like proper... She's wearing the style is proper. The material and the color are absolutely not. No, yeah, but yeah, uh, Lucy's definitely wearing something that is not like period accurate. Yeah, it's or like whatever. a corset with a sheer skirt under it, and like bikini bottoms. And bikini bottoms. A lot of girls wearing bikini bottoms. Um, a good hundred years before underwear were invented. Well, no, because they well not they underwear had bloomers bloomers yeah with slits down the middle yeah. so they could use chamber pots. Yeah, not fucking bikini style cut underwear. Yeah. What the fuck, Francis? Because how would Ford you Coppola? get those off to go to the bathroom exactly. in those dresses? Exactly. Like, so, you gotta take off nine layers of clothing just to get your underwear off. Which was funny because there was a point, um, because the style of dress they're wearing in the film has bustles, which is the that big bump of fabric in the back. And that has got, got back. And that is a good seven layers of um like I think it's five to seven layers of uh, clothing, like with petticoats and bloomers and all of that. And there's a point where Lucy stands up and you can see the frame to her dress and her legs. Yeah. Like you can see straight through the dress and you're like, not, not remotely would that be a thing. Someone really phoned it in on On the, the, the wardrobe, on the wardrobe. Um, yeah. Was it pretty? Yeah. Was it accurate? Not remotely. Not even kind of. Um, so yeah, Lucy goes out into the maze and, um, then she, uh, Mina, stumbles upon her fucking a werewolf bat kind of thing. It's like wolf, but not a wolf bat. Um, it's just called a werewolf. That's... And like she's got one tit out, which seems to be a running theme with Lucy through God, the rest the entire, of her film. She's got one boob out more than, than, than not, honestly. It's like one boob is just always fucking and out. And it's like, can anyone tie up her shirt a little? Because <laughs> like they're clearly not the right size. Did they not have um, something equivalent to like a bra back it then? It would be a petticoat. Like they would be wearing a literal like dress under their dress yeah because they're not wearing these like in this movie they're wearing thin sheer fabric which would not be a thing even when you were going to bed you would not wear something like that correct no you would straight up be wearing like a dress that's what i'm saying so yeah all these people that are half naked with their robes open you're like this is not how it would work think about um pirates of the caribbean that's a great that's example. That a, would yeah. be more what they'd be wearing. Yeah, yeah, Not they're... stuff that slides off the shoulder and is made of shiny <laughs> fabrics. The say, yeah, the second she just like like lifts up in bed, it's like boob. And you're like, that's not how this would work, lady. And also, there are no other women in this house anyway. So um, Mina sees the weird humping, which is on a bench in the middle of what appears to be a stagnant pond. 
weekend. No one knows what's going on in Lucy's backyard. Um, and the thing that is humping her, which is clearly the count, looks over, sees Mina and is like, oh, shit. Um, and then goes, don't see me. And then suddenly he disappears and Lucy uh, takes uh, Mina takes Lucy and brings her inside and kind of wraps her in some of her clothes because she's she's got a tit out. Um, Just says she's been sleepwalking because she's known to do that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is where Lucy's illness starts, her unexplained illness where she appears to be anemic with no blood loss. Um, So while this is happening with Lucy, Mina is wandering around without a chaperone. I don't know if chaperones were a thing back then at this particular time period, but still she's wandering alone, unaccompanied. um, And a strange man who is the count, who is now not old, he is young, with long brown hair. Looks fabulous. I and just a say. really bitchin' pair of sunglasses. Yeah, looks fabulous. I'm just gonna um, throw it out there. Before sunglasses were invented. Um, he now sees her, so she... Then he looks over for, at her across the street and goes, See me! And now she sees him. Um, uh, sorry, all I could think of was... Um, uh, uh oh my god 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 i swear to god what is wrong with me the what? fucking vampire found footage or the mockumentary what we do in oh, the shadows, we do in the all shadows. i could think of was him going see me through the window you know oh, yeah. and, and he's like knocking on the window like see me yeah sorry we I, thought watch about, show. I thought about that um yeah we do so he meets her as a smart woman she gives him the immediate brush off like he's like hey hi i'm new to this country not interested and she's like <laughs> no, he's thank like you. i need i need help getting to this location she's like cool that dude's selling maps deuces and she turns and leaves and then he appears in front of her again and she's like what the fuck and then he tries to talk to her some more and she's like again Good luck with that. Uh, Bye. No, no, thank you. And then for some dumb, dumb reason, she's like, okay, that was like rude. It wasn't rude. He's a stranger. Um, And she decides to uh, go and go and escort him to the picture show. And um, they're kind of getting weird and flirty that whole time. And uh, yeah, it, this this is the beginning of Mina's extremely weird affair fascination he is he has introduced himself as a prince um so she just calls him my prince and she is now like weirdly obsessed with him they're going out to dinners which is makes her kind of a crappy friend because she's like so busy lusting after dude while she's engaged which makes her a crappy fiance um which again it's probably the enthralling thing yeah um and the the weird uh clearly she's the reincarnation of his love so it's probably the past life thing but there's also um, times where she's like you not know, interested not that's what i'm saying so it's yeah. very inconsistent which was weird and <laughs> like, uh fucking pick a lane bro and in the meantime lucy's fucking dying yeah. she's in bed she's anemic um one tit out like as always constantly has a boob out for some reason <laughs> um whenever she's starting to feel bad uh she goes into weird orgasm noises they don't sound like noises of pain. They sound like horny noises. Yeah. And um, That's what I'm saying. one of the horny. guys she was going to, because you had Jack, who's the doctor, who's also right in field's doctor, who honestly, he's just not relevant to, enough to really discuss him too much. He kind of was just like, it was, he like, was a, like he was there. It was like a side quest in a video game. Like you know, we could, we, we didn't really need to do this or explain he's it. He's more in the books. Um, and it's like, they just didn't want to write him out. 
Yeah. Um, have to have him in here. Eating his bugs. Oh, um, eating so many bugs. Oh, my God. That's that's what, that's what all I did. And so you've got Jack, who's the doctor, who's trying to help Lucy. Um, you've got Quincy, who's the man from Texas, who was in love with Lucy and is friends with Jack and Arthur, uh, mostly Arthur. And he's just kind of there helping out. Um, and then you've got Arthur, who's like, what the fuck's going on with my fiance? Um, Jack, finally, he, he cannot figure it out. So finally... He thinks that maybe it's psychosomatic um, and it's somehow affecting her physically. And um, he's going to go get a second opinion from a teacher he knows of, Van Helsing. Um, They bring Van Helsing in. It takes about 20 seconds for Van Helsing to be like, yeah, she's got these puncture wounds. There's no blood. But she's losing a lot of blood and she's dying. Uh, Vampires. (laughs) Takes her two, it takes two seconds for him to be like vampires. Ah, yes. I see we have vampires present. And so we discussed that it was weird that Dracula's clearly been visiting Lucy and clearly been transitioning her into a vampire. And the reason he is actually in London originally, they added the whole romance aspect because that wasn't a thing. Um, I guess to give him a better reason to be in London. <laughs> because Maybe, in yeah. the original book... He is there to spread his disease, so oh, to speak. Oh, that's good. Which sounds really weird the way they said that, but that's how they said it. Um, <laughs> he's there to spread vampirism, and the reason he has so many fucking properties in London is so that way he can do what he wants all hours and always have a place to rest because even though this is not true with all other vampires, with Dracula, he must either be a, he must either rest in a coffin or... Or in the dirt of his homeland. Gotta have my dirt, man. Pretty much. There's a lot of funny shots of Gary Oldman getting upset in a box of dirt. Yeah, he's just like stagnant, kind of just like... And then he'll like wake up and be like... But he's like wiggling his hands in the dirt. Did we do that like in perfect harmony? Yeah. The replay that shit. That was good. So um, they finally are like... They're they're not really on board. Um, All the guys are like... Van Helsing's nuts. He's not a. Um, there's no such thing as vampires. And then Van and then Van Helsing, while expressing this, uh, well, if um, all reality isn't here, or like if it's something to the effect of like, oh, um, if all the possible isn't possible, then the impossible is what what it must be. The possible. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And then he does some sort of weird Houdini trick, and uh, which doesn't make sense because he's human, but whatever. Um, and one night, Lucy is screaming. Uh, they finally see that something has come into the room to attack her. Arthur has to leave for a little bit, so Quincy gets left to help protect her. And they're all just watching out for Lucy, who, um, you know, who is just like, getting meaner while she's getting sicker and she's slowly developing fangs. Oh yeah. So while she's on her deathbed, uh, Jonathan, I know you were like, Oh shit. Jonathan was a person. Um, he finally gets out, makes his way to some nuns and is like, please meet me here. We'll get married and then we'll come back together because I, I cannot be left alone after the weird, sex torture I've been enduring for months. Yeah. For the they, last well, month. Cause the brides were also, you feeding know, off him. Feeding off him. They're 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 taking all a lot of blood out, but also keeping him alive so they can continue to harvest. Yeah. Very smart move, you know. Good job, brides. Um <laughs> so way way to think long game. 
Yeah, you don't just uh, fuck it up like what's his face did, and again, uh, what we do in the shadows when he bites the neck and the blood just goes everywhere, and he's like, "Shit, that wasn't supposed to happen." And you're supposed to lay down paper, <laughs> like <laughs> some newspaper or something. Um, oh shit, we gotta talk so about that. So Mina movie. leaves. Um, she she says to Lucy, "Hey, I gotta go get Jonathan. I'll be back. Please be well." Um, pisses Lucy off royally because there's a, cl- a bunch of garlic next to her bed and she slides it over and then like Lucy loses her shit. Um, so yeah, Mina goes, gets Jonathan whose hair has turned, it's supposed to be white, but it will be for the film varying shades of gray depending on what scene we're in, but uh, not a consistent, like it's getting grayer over the time, ta- over time. It's like, no one remembered to take photos to get a consistent level of gray or just put a fucking wig on him. Well, yeah, put a wig on him. Yeah, because it's like that. It's like if you do your hair for a costume, like a Halloween costume, when you go to spirit and get like the hairspray paint, that's essentially what it looked like. Yeah, just, did. yeah that's, but like, again, inconsistent and different from scene to scene. You're just like, guys, a fucking wig would have solved yeah. this entire problem. Oh, and Mina also cuts things off with the print. She's like. I'm sorry, gotta go be with Jonathan, which is a weird move because she is clearly no longer interested in Jonathan. She only cares about uh, Dracula. Dracula. And she literally doesn't give two shits about Jonathan besides being like, oh, I have to go save him. Mm-hmm. And um, that's about it. It was like, girls, just break it off. Just go get him, bring him back, break it off because there was no reason for you to marry him if you're that fucking obsessed with, with yeah. another dude. It's just mean at that point. <laughs> so in the meantime, Lucy dies. Lucy dies and uh, Van Helsing's like, well, she's died one time now. And everyone's like, do what? And they're like, yeah, now we got to kill her the second time. The second time where we stab her, we uh, stake her in the heart and cut her head off. And they're like, can't she just be dead this amount? I like in this one, though, that because typically it is just stake to the heart, right? And this one, they're like, no, no, no. We're taking that a step above. Stake to the heart and behead. Not one or the other, both. First the stake, then the beheading. I like yeah. that. That was pretty interesting. It's like zombie and vampire mixed into one. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Lucy's wearing what was supposed to be her wedding dress, but is the most insane costume that no sane woman in the 1800s would have ever worn. How would you these... take away that trivia? What? No. Okay. Um. So they go to the huge and i mean fucking ginormous crypt in in her backyard which like literally it's by a pond and goes down a set of stairs it's like an underground crypt and you're just kind of wondering are we not concerned about flooding and also why did you build it so low down above ground crypts are pretty fucking common no gotta have my shit below ground right out of the sunlight. so well, um, it's probably because it needs to be out of the sunlight yeah Vampire? No, this was a this would be a family crypt, so it would have already existed. It's not like they built an entire marble crypt. I thought over they did. Co- Shit, I don't know. I don't know. The, um, so she's in her coffin. Um, they, or she's in her coffin earlier, but now they've gone back. They go to get the coffin open. She's not there. Bum bum bum. Um, and while they're like, "What the fuck? Where is she?" Uh, she comes. Uh, just sauntering down the stairs like uh nobody was waiting on her and with a kid in her hand which is clearly dinner should i just read that now then yeah go ahead um so yeah she comes down with the child and the little girl who played the child is uh that was being carried into the crypt by lucy 
was genuinely terrified of Stady Frost and the vampire makeup and obviously wasn't expecting to do more than one take. Producer and director Francis Ford Coppola had to do a lot of sweet talking to the child in order to get her back in Sadie's arms for another go at the scene. So yeah, because I would be scared of that costume as well. I was terrified just looking at it now. Holy shit. Imagine a, a young child trying to like, I'm sure those tears were probably real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, she sold it. Um, yeah, she did. 10 out great. of 10 for that kid. Yeah. Uh, so at this case, we get the whole Lucy gets got scene. Um, yeah, that's my that's the best kill. It's so good. Yeah. And uh, there's a really cool shot of her um, climbing back into her coffin, um, except they had done the shot in reverse. So it looks really weird. It's clearly a reversed shot, but it, it looks really cool. Yeah, I was just saying it again. Oh, OK. Sorry. Um, I was just making sure I wasn't crazy. I was like, I swear you said that. So, yeah, now I've forgotten where I'm. OK, so they've we could probably just cut it there. We're like almost out of time, honestly. Oh, hold on. Let me make it to a good Well, I mean, yeah, you can just, yeah. yeah, we got a few more minutes. So at this point, Lucy's dead. Everybody's like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, and in the meantime, while they were busy killing Lucy, um, they put uh, Mina in a safe space, which did not work out. And now she has chosen to become a vampire um, because she is remembering uh, her past life with Dracula. And they have got to go fetch him and kill him if they're going to save her life. I mean, really, a lot of people's lives. Yeah, but <laughs> mostly know? hers because she's in the middle of transitioning into a vampire, and the only way to stop it is to kill him. Is to kill the... Oh, yeah, that's is true. to kill the original. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty pretty basic lore. I mean, for the most part. But yeah, um, so that's where we're going to stop it there. Uh, frankly, the movie's fucking wild. Everybody seems to be living on their own goddamn planet. Um, and it is everyone's motivations except for like like i said like quincy quincy uh everyone else's motivations are so weird i get honestly i get jack quincy and arthur they they all care about lucy yeah okay um but like jonathan is practically irrelevant after the first 20 minutes um and they make him out to be a bigger character and then he basically becomes irrelevant nina is all over the fucking map uh pick a direction lady I mean, yeah, she, she's got to sort out her priorities. Seriously. Lucy is frankly just a fucking victim. So, yeah. Yeah. That's I, fair. Kind of just got screwed over by being Mina's friend. I mean, yeah, if she didn't know her, she'd probably be OK. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, good God. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this movie for me on, on my thoughts and feelings. Uh, I guess I'll start with the camera work. It was very jarring and very, very like sickening sometimes when they would do the like when you know when Dracula was like the werewolf. Speaking of which, let me go down that rabbit trail real quick. Motherfucker can turn into like fog and mist and a, a werewolf now. So what I'm the thinking fuck? When it has that ever been be, a thing? I think it was supposed to be more of a giant bat because he does actually become a giant bat later. Yeah, but and not, I think it was not a full transformation, maybe? so it wasn't really clear. I've never heard of Dracula. I mean, you know, I know the lore can change a lot with vampires, but I've never personally heard. Oh, you know, I thought it was for me. It was bats and smoke. That's all I knew ever. But now, uh, now it's fog and mist and yes, wolves. That, those are those are all accurate. Sheesh. Anyways, but yeah, the camera work was extremely jarring at times, and they were also doing these very odd 
overlaying shot where you'd be watching someone on screen and then like Dracula's face would be looking down in the background, but it's clearly an overlaid shot. Or his eyes at one point were in the background in the mountains. There's a shit ton. There's, There's so many overlaying scenes, and it was it was just. Stu- I'm like, sorry, it was dumb. Heavy handed. It's, it's like yeah. a Star Trek with the lens flares. We get we it. Get you it. can do the effect. And also, then like the shadows were cool, but then eventually, I'm like, we get it. The shadows are all over the place, like with his hand and stuff. So it's just things very, are good in moderation. It's very bizarre. Um. So yeah, and then that mixed with all the improper. Uh, uh, how how improperly people were dressed that was throwing me off uh a lot and again why is this movie so fucking horny holy cow um but yeah i mean the good things to note were most of it i'm pretty sure actually all of it effects wise besides the overlaying was practical so yeah yeah like the sets were awesome i really enjoyed all the makeup and costumes and stuff like that even if they were inaccurate whatever um, and then the acting, for the most part, was mediocre. You know, I liked Gary Oldman. I liked Anthony Hopkins. Carrie Yules was good. But then you have uh, Keanu Reeves, which is in the trivia. Um, I'll just go ahead and read that now since we're here. Uh, Keanu Reeves, you know, had mentioned years after the movie came out that he was just not happy with this work. Uh, he had been working on, like, a bunch of movies. Um, and this was right on the heels of signing on as Jonathan Harker. And uh, he tried to raise his energy for the role, but, quote, I just didn't have anything left to give, end quote. And uh, even Francis Ford Coppola goes on to kind of trail that with he has openly criticized his own reasoning for casting Keanu as Jonathan. According to him, you know, he needed a hot young star to connect with female filmgoers. So that's kind of why Keanu's not great in this. And it kind of makes sense. But, um, yeah, it's just and then he also, um uh freaking what's her face buyers what's her real winona Ryder. she the accent just was not working for me at all a lot of people had to kind of phone in their accents so overall for me i i gave this a two i don't know how in the holy fuck it has a 3.6 out of five for coppola directed it and that, that like like you you know what it is sometimes movies um, they get credit for having a good name on it and you're just like just because someone's name is on it doesn't make it good I know it's just weird because there's so many other movies that I feel deserve better ratings because they're yeah but this 3.6 like did I watch a different cut of this movie what was there a less horny version no yeah so it's just it's bad I'm sorry you can hate me all you want it's it's a in my opinion it is just a bad movie I tried liking it I really did this is the second time I watched it and it was even worse the second time the first time I gave it a three I was like okay that was good and then rewatching it, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Full star down. This is bad. So I yeah. gave it two. Uh, what would you have given it, or what did you give it? That probably a two. two. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just not great. So yeah, like I said, it's got a three point six out of five on um, Letterbox, and then it's got like a seven point four out of ten on IMDb. Ah, uh, how does this? How does this happen? I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying is very accurate. You know, people who people who were in it and director, it makes sense. But yikes. Um, so yeah, uh, do you have anything else to say on the matter? On the film? On the film. Oh, we, uh, also, um, uh, th- talked about it. We had to read goofs cause we were like talking about Oh yeah, they're in here. Weird. Oh, we're we getting Oh, to they're this? in here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're, I wasn't sure. We're, we're doing trivia and goofs now. 
Um, and again, this is all from IMDb. Don't quote, quote me if these are actually accurate. They're just fun to read, it, true or not. It's just all stuff that's listed in uh, IMDb trivia. So uh, Gary Oldman uh, apparently hired a singing coach to help him lower his voice by an octave to help him give Dracula a more sinister quality. That's pretty cool. Good on you for going the extra mile. Um, at the first cast meeting called by a producer and director, Francis Ford Coppola, he got all of the principal actors and actresses to read the entire Bram Stoker novel out loud to get a feel for the story. According to Anthony Hopkins, it took a whole two days to complete. Which is possible because the book is written in um, journal entry or le- and letter format. It, oh, yeah. So it, it's literally written from first person perspective. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so when Mina, Winona Ryder, recalls her previous life as Elisabetta, she says she remembers a land beyond a great forest, which is the literal meaning of Transylvania, is a land beyond the forest, or a land beyond a great forest. And that's pretty cool. I had no idea. Uh, preview audiences are alleged to have found this movie too gory, so 25 minutes of footage was cut out to make it less bloody. Kind of... I, I don't really need 25 more minutes, but I would watch a 25 minute extra gore cut for sure. Yeah. It'd be a very brisk 233. Cut out some of the horniness and replace it with blood. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we get a cut where that exact thing happens? I will champion that. Um, Steve, is she, okay. So this is where it gets crazy. Here are all the people that could have possibly been in this movie. Steve Buscemi was the first choice to play uh, Renfield, but turned it down. That would have been fun. Liam Neeson was considered for um, Van Helsing, but after Anthony Hopkins, who was still riding the success of Silence of the Lambs, showed interest, uh, Neeson was ultimately turned down. And then uh, Coppola wanted Johnny Depp to play Harker, but the studio wanted someone who was more of a mainstream heartthrob, hence why Keanu Reeves was cast. Drew Barrymore was considered for the role of Mina. Charlie Sheen auditioned for the role of Jonathan Harker. Ian Dury was amongst those interviewed for Reinfeld, and Michael Keaton was considered to play Dracula. Let me that just, sounds like a horrifying movie. Let me give you this. Let me just like listen to this. If we had this movie with Michael Keaton as Dracula, Charlie Sheen as Jonathan, Drew Barrymore as Mina, um, and Liam Neeson as Van Helsing, and Steve Buscemi as Reinfeld, it sounds like a dumpster what? fire. Like, those are all great people, but it would have been even worse, I feel. I can't imagine Drew Barrymore and Johnny <laughs> Depp being love interests. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I uh, Drew Barrymore said Charlie Sheen, not uh, Johnny Depp. No, no, I'm saying oh, yeah, he yeah. also did Jonathan Harkin. So that would have been a wildly different movie for, oh man, so many reasons. Uh, so let's get on to the goofs here before we wrap this up. Uh, what, something we already spoke on, uh, when Dracula bites Mina, her 20th century bikini briefs i've never heard them said like oh that. i said i mentioned lucy's because there was two oh okay well you can yeah you can see mina's bikini uh bottoms uh they can be seen under underneath her sheer 19th century gown and again this is 18th century so you've got 20th or 19th century uh, sheer and 20th century bikini bottoms what the fuck um during lucy's first encounter with dracula her night oh yeah here we go right here yeah her nightgown blows in the wind, revealing the red modern underwear. But drawers were not wild or uh, widely worn in the West until the 1910s, and again 1800s. So, yeah, they would have been pantaloon stockings, pantaloons, stockings with a crotch left open for easier use for of lavatories. Fancy word for bathrooms. Um, fashion in this movie taking place in 1897 was confused with the fashion ten years prior to this. 
Women wear a bustle at the rear of their dress, which gives them a very curved and big tush. 1897, this fashion gimmick was way out of style. And that's the funny thing about like the 1800s is like style. It's not like now where people kind of just dress how they want to dress. Like if you were dressing something that old, you were probably poor. You could not afford the current fashion. So I think that's kind of funny how drastically fashion changed in in those years. It's very interesting. And some of them... like changed for weird reasons, but then like some of them were fucking safety hazards. Yeah, because it, you're a fire hazard walking around in that much cotton. Or like some of the dresses where the dresses used to get cinched really tight around the feet. Like, yeah, you can't fucking walk in that. That's not, yeah, it's not conducive for walking. Uh, let's see here. In the beginning of the movie, we see the uh, the lights on Dracula's carriage, as well as some of the castle lights in the... Uh, Castle lights slash candles are 20th century light bulbs with some blue glaze. Again, not time accurate, time period, whatever you want to call it. Um, when Jack Seward is interviewing Reinfield in a cell and is subsequently attacked uh, by him, Reinfield bites him on the right side of the neck. When the orderlies run in to restrain Reinfield, Seward grabs the left side of his neck as if it were in pain. So That's, that's funny because a- I said that to you. I'm like, didn't he bite him on yeah. the other side? <laughs> so that's a goof. Um, when Lucy gives Mina her ring as a wedding gift, you later see it back on Lucy's hand. That's another fun goof. And then, uh, oh, we get two more here. When Lucy and Mina are in the maze running in the rain, you can see crew members standing behind Lucy during one of her laughing close-ups. I did not catch that, but that's pretty interesting. Um, and then the last one I found funny is when Arthur is thrown backwards in his chair by Dracula in the bedroom, the wire pulling the actor is visible. I thought I saw that, but I wasn't sure. And I didn't, I didn't say anything because I was like, I feel like that was a wire. Um, again, 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. That is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, oh boy. boy. Apparently, it is widely accepted by audiences, but not Frightmares approved. I'm going to say this is the first unapproved movie of the year. Not recommending this one. I just can't. I own it on 4K, though, so we can watch that whenever we'd like. Ooh, never again. Never again, probably. Um, so yeah, I, Hey, two episodes in one movie a piece. We're hitting our time. This is good stuff. Uh, very excited for, uh, next week. I have no idea what we're doing, uh, because I'm just flying by the seat of my pants Yay. for this, for this month. Once we get into February, we'll start planning shit and, uh, figure it out. We're just kind of trial running these one movie episodes, which are apparently working. So, um, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at Frightmares and Instagram at Frightmares podcast, as well as slasher app at Frightmares podcast. Uh, Inst- or I already said that fucking Twitter at Frightmares underscore pod. I am Dr. Proctor on Letterbox. You are Watson LMP 90 limp 90. Um, yeah, like I said, don't know what we're doing next week, but uh, just go ahead and tune in for that shit. And until we, until you want to you want to see if Zul wants to say anything. She's asleep. Oh, she's sleeping. Yeah, she's okay, all guys. curled up. Well, until next week, stay tuned and stay spooky.